Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And we're talking about today the situation in Ukraine. Heartbreaking. Just absolutely heartbreaking, Elizabeth. It's really, I think, weighing so heavily on so many people. And I think this is a really one of those situations where a lot of people feel like helpless and they don't know what to do. And then they also don't know how to process the danger level that might be present for us here in the United States, which then you feel, I don't know about you, but I start to feel like conflicted and a little bit of guilt in that, oh my gosh, my worry comes back to what's going to happen here when I already know what's happening there. And I think, you know, we're so bombarded with so much information. There's so many images, there's so many videos and it can be a lot to take in. It's well, a it's, lot to take in. It's a lot to take in, but I, I, I was watching a piece last night. I think it was from NBC News, and it was about a group of about a hundred mothers in Ukraine who were using their phones to document all of the atrocities that are happening there. Yeah, yeah. So they were talking to one mother who had her kids in the car with her as she was using her phone to record bombings, the aftermath, all of that. And then they were making those videos available to any journalists that they could find. Hmm. I mean, the, the, the amount of courage that that takes is almost unfathomable to me. And these are people who have stayed behind. And that's the other thing is watching these mothers and children all trying to make it out of Ukraine is just, I mean, I, I keep putting myself in the place of what do you take? I mean, these are people yeah. going on foot. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I just can't even think about like just walking away. We talk so much about our homes and making them comfortable and making them good places, just walking away. Just walking away. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. And I'm just, I am, I have to say a little bit overwhelmed by the coverage as well, but I'm forcing myself to watch it because I want to know. And then at the same time, Elizabeth, I think there's nothing wrong. Our, I think our heads and our hearts can hold intention what's happening there. And then at the same time, thinking about what could happen here and what are the worldwide implications? Yeah. Because they're real. I mean, if you if you have money in the stock market, uh, implications are real. You know, things are happening in the stock market. So I think that yeah, that's it doesn't a, feel good to look at your four hundred one k. I'm just going to tell you that <laughs> I I wouldn't if if I were any of you out there, I wouldn't. Um, but one of the things, so one of the things I'm doing today, I was sort of looking around, and, and what I do find overwhelming are all of the people that say, if you want to donate, you should donate here, you should donate there. And I I generally don't make suggestions on that. I think people are really intelligent when it comes to where they want to put their money in a crisis like this. And so I think 
make your own choices. And if you feel if you feel the need to donate, there are so many obvious suggestions. The one thing I am doing today is there's an artist that I follow on Instagram, and he's British, and his name is Charlie Max Maxey. I love him. Yes, he. It's just. Did you see the t the t shirt he did for the people of Ukraine? No, I need to look. So it's twenty pounds. You can you can order it. All of the money. It's an organic t shirt that's ethically made, and all of the money goes to an organization that is called Choose Love, which specifically helps resettle refugees wow. and people who are you know who have been displaced from their homes. So. That's one thing I'm doing today. I'm thinking about what else I might be able to do, but I'm not making any great statements here. I'm just saying this is a little thing. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I think it's sweet that he did it. It's a beautiful design. I think wearing it shows some support. So all of those things. But I don't know. It's just it is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I love – I mean I've really liked seeing – suggestions of like booking Airbnbs, even mm-hmm. though you're not going to go and stay there just mm-hmm. to give people, individual families, some cash, right. uh, buying things that aren't actual goods on Etsy or like buying from Ukrainian makers and then saying, don't send me the items. I think, you know, those are kind of creative right. ways to, um, to just like support individuals. And, you know, you're seeing all sorts of people do really incre- incredible things. I think the way that there's there's obviously like bigger conversations in terms of refugees from all over the world and there's certainly been conversation about how how the world looks at white refugee situations versus the refugees that right. are people of color. Right. And so I want to acknowledge that as we talk about it, but I also do find great hope and and joy in the way that these refugees are being welcomed by their right. neighboring countries who right. are standing there with open arms and and, you know, signs and strollers and everything and saying, come to us and that there are, you know, food and hot tea and blankets and everything waiting for them as they cross the border. And I just can't imagine how that must feel. Yeah, it's, it's, it it is, it's so hard for me to get my head around the pain. Like, I I just can't, I just, I I just can't. It's just so multidimensional. And this isn't, like you said, this isn't a new atrocity. These have happened over and over again on all continents. And so, again, acknowledge that. Since the beginning of time. And it's just so sad. I think what is, what I have been, what I have been interested in, and this is probably sort of the journalist part of me, is the documenting, the personal documentation of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I think is just it gives me hope that this won't go unpunished. And I, I don't think, really know. Yeah. What I, I don't really know what I mean by that. But that, well, it's that, not. I mean, and the and the corp- corporations really stepping up and almost being part of like a modern day war effort. You know, I mean, that's really what it is. Because right. in terms of military action, it's very it's a very challenging, delicate situation when you have a nuclear superpower like Russia, right? And you've got Putin at the helm of it. And um, but when you have companies who are saying, well, we're not going to do business and, and that's conflicting, too, because the people of Russia are not the government of Russia. Right. And so you're in a situation where they're being punished as well. But at the same time, that's the kind of pressure that they need in order to feel some muscles being flexed. I will recommend if you don't follow Sharon McMahon on Instagram, uh, probably many of you do. She's actually lives in Duluth. 
She is America's history teacher and America's government teacher is what she's referred to. She has an incredible mm-hmm. Instagram account and a podcast. And I've been um, I've been finding that reading her recaps on what's happening in Ukraine have been very helpful to me because mm-hmm. she contextualizes what certain actions might mean right. in terms of here are three potential solutions for the conflict and here are the pros and here are the cons and that oh, every really solution is imperfect um but these are the choices that that are going to have to be made and are and are being made and she is also very helpful in terms of her ability to kind of just bring the panic level down a little bit when it comes to the idea of World War III and nuclear weapons, which right. is overwhelming to say the least. And then sort of brings us to our next part of the conversation, which is what are the things that we might might be able to be more prepared for at home? And you know me, I love a good doomsday prepper thing. I'm all about like, let's pack the rice in the buckets. Let's like make sure we've got some skills, like ha- marry someone who can go hunt you something to eat. I believe. I know. And this, or hunt it yourself, whatever you want to do. I just happen to marry someone who can do it. You're very lucky. Well, I started obsessing about this idea of a cyber attack because I too am the same way. I mean, my son moved to LA when he was 22. And the first thing I did is go and create a, a go bag for him and sent it to him. Like that's just, he had water for days. So I'm now still drinking that water that I bought 10 years ago. So um, in little metal packets. Um, oh, that's funny. But I, I, so I started thinking about the cyber security aspect of it because I I think that that's not an unreasonable thing to do some minor preparation for yourself. And so I was sort of sussing around and I came across a a podcast from the New York Times called this called Sway. I never listened to it before and the reporter is Kara Swisher, but she had on Ann Newberger, I'll be honest, I had never heard of, but Ann Newberger, for those of you who don't know, is the Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technology. It apparently is an office that President Biden created. Uh, it seems like it's time to have that. Yeah, um, so it might be a little late, but good. It's been created. But she was really a great interview. And she went through all of the things that that department is doing. She was very – I loved her manner of speaking. She was very assuring. But – Obviously, there are things that businesses and and the government need and governments need to do. But to your point about American businesses getting involved in sort of the cyber aspect of this, Elon Musk, I swear, he pops up everywhere. Yeah, he does. So he is a mad genius. (laughs) He is a mad genius. But apparently he's been helping the Ukrainians to keep their Internet connectivity by giving them room on a satellite. And so there's all sorts of stuff that's going on. And they talk a lot about that. And so I was interested in that. But from a business and government standpoint, what she was saying is obviously they need to be prepared. They need to contain anything that happens. Like if there's a security leak, it needs to be contained because it can spread around the world. And then they need to warn each other of how these things are happening. Right. And what was cool about what she was saying is a lot of worldwide cyber security companies have been helping the Ukraine since like in the last 10 years because – and they do it for free. And they've been doing it because it helps them understand – how hackers and other governments sort of can infiltrate systems. And so they, they, they have all of this knowledge. So that was a good thing and that was reassuring. But what was most interesting to me 
is this idea of what we can do for ourselves to protect our own information and to protect our own assets if there was a cyber if there was a cyber attack against the banking systems or the grid systems in the United States or the water systems i mean all of those things are vulnerable and i think sometimes we don't like to think about like our water systems being vulnerable you don't wake up in the morning and think that so i yeah, I kind of do. I have systems in my house that in case we have no water, I can filter water from the river with no electricity. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back it up. Tell me about that. I know. I have what's called a Berkey, a Berkey filter, and okay. I use it for I use it for everyday drinking water. But part of the purchase of it is that it can literally, like I could send a child <laughs> down to the river with a bucket and get <laughs> river water and bring it up, and then we would be able to filter it so without it having electricity like? it's so, like a big silver um vessel so it has like and then the, i have multiple filters in it and so i just pour water in the top and it filters through the bottom so i filter all of our city water because it's just you know your city water is like loaded with chlorine and all that kind of stuff and right. i just want it out so i um okay. so i use that daily <laughs> so yeah what else do you want to know how else am i prepared my generator is going to be my next purchase in case well, you were wondering there you go. Check. So we're going to actually, will you do me a favor and put that on our, on yeah. our little shared document? The Berkey. Here? I'm yep. going to, I'm going to load these onto the show notes. So water was a consideration. Yeah, um, that's good. Okay. Let, tell me other ones and then I'll see if I've checked those off my list. This yeah, this, be very, is, this is a this great is very game. Exciting. I admire this. So of course the electrical grid could be vulnerable. So you want to make right. sure that you are prepared for that. You know, generators are expensive. In our old house, we had a generator. We don't have one here. They can be very expensive. So if you're not going to invest in a generator, Obviously, flashlights, candles, you know, the things that you, other power sources. I mean, you can buy all sorts of little solar panels that can power your devices. So you could get one for, I think I put one of these in my son's go pack, you know, that you could power your cell phone. So just right. like you can do, you don't have to have a generator, but. No, no, I, you don't. I mean, we don't have one yet either. I've often thought about a generator mainly because I buy meat in such bulk, you know, right. like I buy a half a hog. Right. And so I'm just like terrified. What if like my freezer dies and then I'm out? You know, right. you buy half a hog. It's like not a cheap deal. So I don't, and I use that meat for a long time. So I don't want it to be toast. Right. I want right. it to turn into burgers. <laughs> yes. toast. And I don't even know what generator. I mean, I know when we bought ours in the early 2000s, it was a chunk of change. And we did it just because we used to broadcast from home. Yeah. And we needed to make sure that the power never went down while we were broadcasting. So it was only tied into our studio. That's all it powered. So it was a small generator that just powered the studio. So they're out there, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they, they just say, like, have, make sure you have batteries. Make sure you have those sort of basic things. I think it's smart, though, to have like those like we have a m couple of those Mophies that are just like they're they're just little charged up USB panels, you oh, know, right. that and those aren't expensive. Right. And we use those like when we travel or something, you know, we keep those around. And so having a few of those is really smart because then even if the power goes out for a little bit, at least you've got something. And if you've ever lived in a city, for some reason, I can't, I think it was the storms. When we lived in Atlanta, we used to lose our power a couple times a year. And it's a weird thing when you, because 
I don't know if it was an infrastructure issue or if it was a storm issue, but it would happen. It'd be funny because we would ride around the neighborhood and there were two people that had generators. And it'd be so funny because you'd ride around and you'd see like all their lights on. Like they, they were totally covered. But what happens when you don't live in that situation is you sort of forget where all your flashlights are. You forget where all the batteries are. You forget where the candles are and the matches and all that stuff. And I, I guess what I've been thinking about is, you know what, this is just a good time to sort of make your own go pack, like just get everything in the place where you would need it to be. Make sure those things that, you know, those chargers that you do have are charged so that they're useful. You know, it doesn't do you any good if it's not charged. So that's the other thing. Now, Ann Newberger was saying, and I thought this was interesting. She was talking more about if there were a cyber attack that would affect your information. And so she was talking about how to protect your information. And these are so basic, but I would be lying if I said I was really efficient on this. And she was saying, when you have patches that are given to you for your phone or for whatever, use them. Like, make your updates. Make sure that your security is at its highest level on all of your devices. And that seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of us don't do it. She said the second thing, and these are her words, she said, passwords are absolutely dead. Partially because we reuse the same passwords or because computers have gotten better and better. So the passwords need to be really long to resist a brute force attack. Oh, my gosh. What a living nightmare. I've got a password for like 85 websites. I don't know why every like the the I buy eczema lotion from a place and they require to me yeah. have an account and a password. It's and a like, password. Why can't I just buy something without a password? Nope. Okay. Nope. And she says, so now you want to use as many places as you can that offer you multi-factor authentica- authentication. Use it. Like I've had that for work for years, you know, to get into my work email, I had to do that. But she's saying wherever it's offered, use that. And then use a second factor beyond a password to help prove that it's you. And I think all of us know that it's whether those images or there's all sorts of things now that they're using to make sure that it's you. But mostly what that was interesting is update your passwords, make them more difficult. It's kind of like, duh, but are we really as organized as we should be on that? I'm not. And so yeah. that's a good heads up. And I then- know- I go more like physical. Oh, but finish. I want to no, know No, no, no. You first. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that I go more when I start to think about security. And I think that stuff is important. I mean, I definitely go more physical in terms of thinking about having the things on hand and having the skills on hand Push. to survive. I mean, right. and even like money is an example. Like Jay's always big and don't come rob my house because you're not going to be able to get it. But we've got some cash right. at your house. Like I think having some cash right. secure in your house is really important. And people just, I never have cash with me. I mean, I have like $5 maybe right. with me at any given time. But having some physical money, because you're seeing people in Russia right now, they are, their lines for right. blocks trying to get money right. from the ATM and then the ATMs run out of money and now there's no money. And then it's like, okay, now it's all you're- in these accounts. And I'm not saying you should like pull all of your money out of the bank and hide it under the mattress, but I don't think there's anything bad about having like a few hundred or a few thousand dollars in cash. I, well, the there. way I look at it is I kind of look at it as a two month game. Like if something really happened, like that you should be able to survive for two months. 
And what does that oh, look yeah. like? Yeah. And and that's probably longer than most people would say. And I, I'm not prepared. I know I prepared two months for Y2K. That was my last. <laughs> yeah. Like I was prepared. I had lots of beans and corn. But I think that that's an interesting thing to your point of having the physical things that help you get through that situation. And they do talk about, um, not uh, on this podcast, but I was looking at another article and they were talking about water, but you've solved our water issue. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, the water, I'm, yeah, I'm a the, fan of the Berkey. I like having things yeah. that, that you kind of have ready to go. I think if you're sort of in the habit of making some things yourself, then you, you're sort of always thinking about this because you have raw ingredients on hand. Right. Right. But I even thought about that in terms of our kitchen. So we have, uh, we have our, our range is gas. And then I did a separate wall oven. You know, a lot of people have right. like a wall, double oven deal, right. but the wall oven is electric. And, but then we have a gas oven. And I think if you can swing that where you can diversify, if you can have like a gas range versus electric, and then you have other things that are electric, it's like if the electricity goes out, at least I can still warm something up on the stove. Well, or it's, is it as basic of just making sure you have a barbecue? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think what was interesting about when COVID hit, I think we're, we're so used to having everything we need available to us, mm-hmm. whether it's on Amazon or it's at Walmart or it's wherever you go to do your shopping. Right. You can it get was, strawberries 12 months a year. Yeah, you can get anything any time of the year. So strange to me. I was by myself in Tempe, Arizona. So I was going to take care of myself. I had to find my own supplies. I mean, I, I, I didn't have anybody to commiserate with because my husband was in Kansas. And I remember driving around trying to find hand sanitizer, trying to find masks. And this was in those early days where there was nothing. You couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. And I think that's sort of why I'm looking at this like what, again, what are the, what are the, what's the, ba- the most basic thing I could be, I could do to prepare, prepare myself if something weird happened, which it could. I don't think it's going to, but it could. But this all starts with the idea of the cyber attack. So let me finish that real quickly. So the last thing they said, and this is important, and I've done a little bit of this, but not as much as I could, which is have hard copies of all of your finances. Oh, yeah. Just have hard copies so that if something gets wiped out, you have some last proof of what was there. Oh, geez. That's tough, though. Like uh, you're, I mean, I want paperless. I don't want all this paper in Well, my that's house. the problem. See, your generation more than mine, Elizabeth, you're paperless everything. Oh, yeah. I we still don't even know some, how to balance a checkbook. I mean, I, I know ha- how to. I still get some statements sent to me, so I have them. But they're saying, you know, just print it out. Print out your health records. Print out your, your you know, whatever your financials are. Just print them out and have them. It's a timestamp. That's all. And I thought that was interesting that that you react to that you don't have. I can't print. I'm looking at a stack of papers that needs to be filed right now. And then I look at it and I think like, I'll get to that another day because it's just stacked up and it, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. I think the preparedness thing is important. And I think being prepared for, again, I kind of joke about the doomsday prepping and I don't really think you need like a basement full of packed meals. But I think it it's a little bit, too, of like an anxiety reducer Yes. if you just sort of know. So even if you look at it that way, if you just sort of know, okay, I've got some plans in place. And even more so, I would say that I've got some skills right. that I could utilize to, you know, you keep, to keep your life going. You keep focusing on the skills, which is makes, skills. Me, makes me feel a little bit nauseous. <laughs> Don't have a lot of skills. 
I don't, I can write like, and I can talk. That's those are my skills. If someone sets. can build a fire, I could bake some bread in an outside I, fire. You know, <laughs> Jay could go and hunt something and he's got ammo. He's ready. He would go and like find something and we've got a hunting dog who would go f- flush the bird out. You know, right. I don't know. I do. I think the, the further we get from those types of skills, the right. further we get from the security of understanding our place in the world right. and understanding that we can work with nature to survive instead of feeling like it's an enemy if we don't have all of the modern conveniences that we rely on. Right. And, and so that's, that's important. I don't know I that, so you know, that's where all my gardening and my cooking and my chicken raising and all of that sort of comes from is like this desire to feel like I'm not, I don't just have to go and be like a cog in the wheel and work at, at, to make money to just kind of like keep things going. That there are things that are going that are in sync, more in sync with nature and with the earth than what I do for my regular living. Right. Does that make sense? I it mean, does. cause I know that it feels like a contradiction, but no. at the same time, I mean, I find those types of activities and those and building those sorts of skills to be really, it just connects me with, with who I am as more of like an, an animal on this planet. Well, I think too, when we talk about sort of anxiety reducing behavior, that's part of it because I think it gives you a sense of place. Yeah. And I think what makes many people anxious is not having a sense of place, of not knowing why you're here or what you're doing or how you can survive or all of those things. I mean, this is all sort of a little woo-woo, but I, I do think there's a part of that. that and I think in terms of like I, we are certainly not trying to sound any alarms, but I, I will say when I start doing research, it's usually to help myself feel like I am in control of what I am in control of. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the idea that there would be things, and this is when I sent my son a go pack when he moved to LA, part of it was, and it was like this, again, it goes back to when we talked about this still small voice said, just do it. He's going to laugh at you. He's going to make fun of you because it's such a mothering thing to do. But it was just a really strong voice that said, you know what, if something happened, and it's not absurd to think something could happen in L.A. For sure. I mean, there could be an earthquake. earthquake. There could be and wildfires and everything yeah. else. L.A. is like the most likely for something terrible yeah. to happen. Sorry and to our L.A. listeners, but that place stresses me out. It is stressful. And I I just – I thought, what if something happened and that still small voice had told me to do that and I just dismissed it? And it was funny when I sent it to him, it was, I just got a very proper, oh, this is great. Thanks, mom. Like, because I think it just made him feel better that he, you know, he's a strong kid. I think he knew like if I have this pack and it was like 60 pounds, I'm going to be fine. I can, I'll have a good, good shot of being fine. And I think so when we talk about cyber attacks or the state of the world or any of those things, it's not in any way to take the focus off all the suffering around the world because there's suffering in Australia. There's suffering. There's suffering all around the world. Mm-hmm. But it is to say, okay, in my little nest, in my little portion of the world, these are the things that I can do that are proactive and will make me feel safer. And that's just yeah. – that's all I wanted, just a little bit safer. I love that. I think that's really great. And one final note, you know, I mean, having faith in something bigger than ourselves yeah. and having our bare feet touch the ground. I mean, those are the things. And and this snow is going to start melting here soon and you're going to be able to get your feet on the ground. And I think if we can both spend a little bit of time focusing on both of those elements every day, um, 
it can just help connect us a little bit more with who we are and not feel so hamster on a wheel of fear all the time. This Amen, sister stuff, Marjorie Punnett. Yeah. Well, listen, if you if anybody needs their river water filtered, <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> Pop on over, Nesters. I'm happy to have you. <laughs> It's very exciting. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear it. We end this show strong. Mrs. Guy, too, writes, simply the best, better than all the rest. Well, thank you very much for that. She says, I listen to many podcasts, and this is by far my favorite. It's top shelf. Thanks, girls. I am a married woman, two daughters, three grandkids, sisters, two nieces. I'm constantly sending these women in my life the episodes from this podcast. So much fun to listen to. Well, thank you. That's very encouraging. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.